Max. I'm Ben. I'm Bennett. And I'm Reed. And today we're going to be discussing Fahrenheit 451. And to start us off, we're going to um, be featuring Bennett doing the 30-second summary of Part 3. Alright, so do you want to get a timer started for this? And yep. I will try to summarize right the entirety three. of Part 3 in 30 seconds. Alright, let's go. Three, two, one, go. So, basically, in Part 3, Montag pulls up to his own house in the fire truck, and Beatty asks him to burn it down, because Beatty knows there are books inside, he got a tip off from one of Mildred's friends, and so Montag has to burn his own house down, and after that, he comes under arrest by Beatty, and Beatty puts him in jail in the firehouse, and he somehow breaks out. And he kills Beatty with a flamethrower and knocks out three other firemen. That is and it. That is it. I think I only got about halfway through. So, does anyone else want to attempt the 30-second summary challenge? No, I think that's that's fairly good. We could just say, like, um, basically the, what happened, he basically just the city blew up. And that's the end. Right, right. And that was a weird ending. I guess this can lead into our discussion a bit, but I found the ending to be kind of dark. You know, everyone just dies. Mildred dies. You know, everyone in the city dies. Beatty dies. The ending was a bit weird to me. And Montag is the sole survivor. Yeah, it is. And leading that into our topic of our discussion, which is society... I'll start us off with a part in the book. So when Montag is escape, trying to escape and get away from the hound and everything like that, they they lose Montag because they were once on him and they lose him. They don't know where he is. And they end up going the opposite way away from him. And they find this other dude and they act like he's Montag because they, they know that their audience is watching and they have to make sure that they seem like they're getting the job done and doing the right thing and they end up killing him and everyone thinks that's that that's montag but really it's not and it kind of makes you think like sometimes you never know what what's really happening like in the world with news and stuff like that yeah that's yeah a, i agree yeah that's a pretty good point because um, like there's like social media influencers and things like that and sometimes they can like lie about things because there's a lot of frauds in the world in society today and it's sometimes hard to find things kind of like fake news things like that things that are really common today yeah connecting that that, i don't realize yeah connecting that back to the real world again um sometimes governments and especially dystopian novels, you'll see this, but sometimes governments in our world, they'll cover up certain things. Um, You know, if there was evidence of aliens, they maybe wouldn't release it to the public right away. Um, You know, maybe they would create a panic or something. But there are a lot of things that the government is hiding from us, and it's covering up, so people don't think a certain way. And I saw some of that in Fahrenheit 451, and I kind of see that in our world today. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So 
Um, I kind of have a question for you, Bennett. Do you think like certain governments hide more stuff than other governments? So, like, let's take like um, a government maybe in Europe versus a government uh, in North America, like the U.S. or Canada. Sure. Yeah. So obviously, I think it's the type of government, not exactly the government, like specifically. And I actually had a, actually had an example of this from Fahrenheit 451. And I believe it was on page 114, and it said, The street empty, the house burnt like an ancient bit of stage scenery, the other homes dark, the hound here, Beatty there, the three other firemen another place, and the salamander. And it kind of shows how everything is organized and orderly, and that's how the government wants it. Um... And so, like, a communist government might keep more from its citizens than, let's say, a democracy. So, I have a question for you, Ben. Would you rather be part of the society? Like, would you rather blend in with everybody else or be different, like Montag? Um, I would kind of do something similar to Montag. I would kind of try, like, to act like I'm blending in so I don't go to jail necessarily and ruin my whole career. But I would... uh. If it's something I really, really care about, then I would probably sacrifice my life for it. But if it's something that I could live without, I'd maybe just crowd. Um, and speaking of like things like um, kind of like missing out on things and um, giving up things to be like um, under the radar and stuff like that, I have a page here um, and like. Montag's relation with Mildred at like the end of that book at the end of the book on page 108 how um Beattie was kind of saying how Mildred chewed you out um and I'll read some here she chewed she chewed around you didn't she one of those dang do-gooders with their shocked holier than thou silences their one talent making others feel guilty God dang, they rise like the midnight sun, sun to sweat you in your bed. The front door opened and Mildred came down the steps running, one suitcase held with a dream like clenching riggedy in her fist as a beetle taxi hissed to the curb. And this was like the point where Mildred completely abandoned Montag. And it kind of shows that she was she was trying to blend in with society and be what they want her to be instead of going with Montag and being like Montag. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and actually, I'm going to ask a question to Max since he just started talking. Uh, Max, so what do you think Bradbury, like, wanted Mildred to represent in the book? I'm not really sure. I mean... I kind of look at her like a as a double spy, even though she's like, you know, Montag's husband. She ended up like kind of turning him in because did she pulled down the she pulled the alarm to signal that she, uh, Montag had books in his house, right? Um, yeah, I I think he did, and I think it just shows like sometimes in how real world people can just like act like you're. They're on your side and your best friend at one point and then just completely betray you at one point. Do you guys think that, like, society in the world could one day become, like, Fahrenheit 451, like, their kind of world? 
I think so. I think a lot. I think that's possible. Um, because now that we've watched the movie and seen it in kind of like a live action sort of thing and not just reading the book, it becomes more apparent that with technology and the advancements and governments like we have today, I think it could happen. You know, in the movie they were referencing that uh, Benjamin Franklin was our country's first firefighter. And it's things like that, that the government lies to you, it brainwashes you. I think it's stuff like that that could make a society, like in Fahrenheit 451. And I just wanted to say something cool that I thought the author did was at the end here, um, where the city explodes, obviously, and he, Montag, is out in the country thinking about Mildred, and she dies, yes, and I think it's on 152 or 153, where he says, I remember, I remember Chicago, Chicago a long time ago, Millie and I, that's where we met, and I think that's a really cool thing done by the author, just to show that he remembers that, because in part one or two, uh, both of them couldn't remember where they met, and now that Mildred has died, he finally remembers where they had met and what his connection to her was. So, back to society, though, yes, I do think that could happen. And I feel like the movie did a great job in representing, like, what this, um city could look like and like helps us greater understand greater understand how like something like Fahrenheit 451 could happen and like it really seems like in the realm of possibility for the future which is kind of um sad to be honest yeah going off of Bennett's and Reed's uh, ideas I feel like it's kind of far away but it's also not that far away. You know, there's going to have to definitely be some major changes for something like uh, our society to change into Fahrenheit 451. But there's some things that you can just kind of see out of the corner of your eye that are similar and uh, that just kind of represent what the connections between both societies and worlds. Well, to be honest, like going off the end of the book where the, where the explosion happens in the city, we can kind of already relate that a country in our world like uh, Syria you know how they kind of like bomb yeah, themselves mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like the same thing there just like killing their own people which is really just really really just yeah yeah and on the topic of the end of the book and how there's a huge explosion I think the author did a really good job with like sensory details and stuff like that when um describing like the shock wave that flew across montag and how he was like brutally knocked over with the um i think gamma rays going far beyond where he was and how like the city was like reduced to sawdust as well right and i have a question for pretty much everyone and it is why do you think the city got destroyed and yes it was because of a war that they started 
But do you think that the destruction of the city could have been prevented by the government or the people or whoever could have prevented it? Well, yeah, so, like, in the book, they've already hinted at how they've had a second world war. I mean, not world war, a civil war um, in their time timeline. And I think they were kind of talking about how books bring about peace. But if this is what happens when books are banned, then I don't think that books really bring along peace. Because, like, the whole city was destroyed. And it kind of makes you wonder if it was because books were banned and it was um, the book lovers that were that destroyed the city. Yeah, and um, yeah. To go off read here, outside of the city, there were a bunch of you know railroad tracks and forests, and he eventually found these people. And do you think that if the government knew about all this stuff, which they might or they might not, what do you think they would do, Reed? I mean, they would definitely try to put an effort to stop it. I mean, like, for instance, like what we saw in the movie, they were trying to get the eels to fear them. And so, like, um, they just would destroy... They went gangbusters on these houses and everything and just completely destroyed everything to try to find the ominous, which is some book thing. We've not finished the movie yet, but yeah. All right. Yeah, any closing remarks from anyone? We've got about one or two minutes left. Well, yeah, it's... I think, like, the movie is doing a pretty good, like, representation of what, um... What, like, life would be if this would actually happen. I mean, to be honest, Montag's character, I feel like, is completely different in the movie, but I, I feel like he did a good job representing of what, like, the government and how things work if it was in real life. Yeah, it's more of a real-life representation of the book. Um, there's a lot of ways you can take the book. Um, you know, Mildred isn't even in the movie, and it still keeps some of the same themes. And, I mean, it, that's like a big change, but it still kept some of the same stuff. The author yeah, I feel like... The author did really good with this video, with this um, book and uh, had a, a very interesting plot and it really concluded at the end kind of and gave a, like a, an, a kind of a cliffhanger of an ending. And I think yeah, I agree. the author did really good with that. But um, that's all the time that we have for now. And hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we will see you in the next one bye